Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my property mastermind mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 186 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about whether you should manage your own properties or if you should get someone else to do it for you. I'm also going to talk all about the landlord trap, which is a big mistake I see many property investors make, especially in their early investing days. And I certainly fell into the landlord trap myself. Now, as you might remember, I bought my first property in 1995. It was a home I was living in and I became a live-in landlord because I rented out two of the rooms to my friends who are still studying at Birmingham University. I didn't become a proper landlord, if you like, until 1998 when I moved out of my first home, moved into my second home. My friends came with me and what was my first home, I turned into a student HMO for students at Birmingham University. And I was absolutely managing that myself because it didn't take much time at all. In fact, it was so easy to manage. I would pop into the house occasionally just to make sure everything was okay because I would never, ever hear from the tenants. Now, as I started to buy more properties, naturally, I was managing them myself. And remember, I had this full time job. I was running a a part time nightclub business. And yet I still had enough time to manage my properties because if you have some good systems in place, it really doesn't take much work. And my first rental property was that student HMO. And after that, for a number of years, I was just buying single let properties because that's all I really understood. Now, it got to, I think, 2003. I had replaced my income. I was pretty much um, just doing my properties and a bit of my nightclub business. But I realized I was spending quite a lot of time managing my properties. Now, I had the time to do it because I didn't have a full-time job at Cadbury's. But I became conscious that the more properties I was acquiring, the more time I was having to spend looking after those properties and looking after the tenants. And actually, I was spending less and less time actually buying more properties. And I realized that it's buying properties, that's when you make the money. So I made the step to get other people to manage my properties for me. Now, at that time, all of my properties were just in Birmingham because I started buying properties in my immediate area where I knew. A few years later, I was expanding out to other areas, so I'd have to use letting agents. But I decided to make the decision rather than trying to manage myself, I would actually give it to other agents. Now, I think the rationale behind managing myself, there were three reasons. First of all, I didn't want to lose about 10% of my rental income to a letting agent. That's typically what I'd have to pay at that time. Secondly, I thought I could probably do a better job than letting agents. And maybe at that time it was correct. And thirdly, I like the idea of meeting my tenants, getting to know them. Now, I can tell you that third one, the novelty soon wears off. When you get calls from people in an HMO saying, someone's eating my sausages, can you come and sort it out? And you get calls from a single let property when they're saying, oh, the electrics don't work and the lights don't work. And it's because they haven't actually changed the light bulb. And believe me, these are all genuine calls that I've had over the years. You kind of think, is this really worth my time doing this? But it's that big point about 
The more time you spend managing your properties, the less time you have actually buying properties. That was the key distinction for me. So I took the step. I found someone else in Birmingham who was running a letting agent who could take control of the management and the responsibility of my properties. Now, something you need to understand, even if someone else, a letting agent, is looking after your properties, ultimately, you are still responsible as the landlord and the owner of those properties. So you need to make sure whoever is looking after your properties knows what they're doing and is doing it correctly. And sometimes people bulk at the idea of paying someone 10 or 12% of the management fees. Uh, some agents might charge more than that. If they're charging 15%, I think actually that's a bit too much. You better find a different agent. But 10 or 12% of rental income, when you're trying to replace your income, your salary from your job with rental profits, I can understand why that hurts a little bit. However, promise you, I promise you that if you get someone else doing it and it frees up your time, you can use your time far more productively. And that's the, the landlord trap that many people fall into. They want to start managing themselves. They don't want to give it to someone else because they're trying to save money. Well, you really need to understand the value of your time. And it's something I, I talk about when I talk about mindset and I talk about the ABC of mindset, A being attitude, B being belief and C being courage. Let's talk about A for a little bit. Attitude's a bit about having the, the can-do positive attitude. It's about the glass not being half empty, but being half full. It's about us being a, a solution-focused uh, problem solver for the motivated sellers we're working with. And also, it's about having a value attitude rather than a cost attitude. A cost attitude is where we think about the cost of everything instead of thinking of the value we're gaining. So a cost attitude, you will think about how much is it costing me to employ someone else to look after my properties? I could just do it myself. But that's not valuing your time. It's not valuing the missed opportunities you have if you're spending your time managing properties instead of looking for properties to actually acquire. So yeah, in the early days in your property journey, I think it's probably a good idea to manage a few properties. You can absolutely do it part-time. Make sure you know what you're doing. I recommend you attend one of the National Residential Landlord Association Landlord Accreditation Days because that will actually teach you a lot of things you need to know about being a landlord. Uh, it might put you off a little bit as well, but Still, you need to know these things. And also, if you become an accredited landlord with the NRLA, if you become an HMO landlord and need to get an HMO license, you can actually save money off your HMO license by being an accredited landlord. So it's well worth spending that day. I think NRLA run physical in-person days and there's do online training if you prefer to learn that way. But highly recommend you go and do that training with the NRLA. That's the accredited landlord course to really understand your full implications and responsibilities. Now, when picking a, a letting agent, um, how do you find them? Well, first of all, you need to understand that not all letting agents are the same. Most letting agents will only manage buy-to-let, single-let properties. And about 82% of landlords only have single-let properties. So if you start speaking to them about HMOs or service accommodation, they probably won't understand what you're talking about. And they might, in fact, say, oh, there's no demand for HMOs in this area. Well, in fact, there's demand for HMOs pretty much in most areas, as long as you're not in the middle of the countryside. If you're in a town or city, there's demand for HMOs. But those letting agents may not know that because they don't manage them. And so people don't approach them looking for individual rooms. So you've got to be very careful 
careful who you speak to. If you're looking for specialist HMO letting agents, which is who I recommend you use if you have HMOs or specialist service accommodation letting agents, who, by the way, might charge more like 20% to manage your property for you because there's a lot more work involved in service accommodation. Well, in that case, the best way to find them is through word of mouth recommendation. So as you go to your local property investor network meeting, whether that's a physical meeting or one of the online virtual ones we have, ask around other people. Say, look, who has got a good letting agent? Who do you know who, which is a great networking question, by the way, who do you know who is dot 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 a great letting agent who can help me with service accommodation or can help me with uh, high-end HMOs. And by getting these word-of-mouth recommendations is very much the best way of finding a short list of potential letting agents who can look after your property for you. Now, when you get the shortlist, I recommend you give them a call, you have a conversation with them to say, okay, so tell me about your services, how much do you charge, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'd ask them a few questions. So I'd ask them, okay, so what's your policy if someone doesn't pay the rent? What procedure do you have in place? Now, good letting agents should be all over the rent. And when the rent doesn't come in, um, they should be calling the agent, as uh, calling the, the tenant, speaking to them. They should have a process in place to chase that up. Um, I have had a few letting agents in the past who the rent hasn't come in from the agent. I then called the agent and said, where's the rent? And said, oh, don't know. We'll call the tenant. And it's obvious they haven't even bothered to call the tenant yet. You don't want your letting agent doing that. Believe me, you want to be all over tenants who are not paying you rent on time. Now, sometimes there are very genuine excuses why they're not paying rent, but also sometimes there are times when they're just taking advantage. And they will take advantage of people who don't know how to manage the property properly, and they'll string them along. So if you ever see your rent not coming in, you absolutely want to be all over that. So what's the policy that letting agent has for late rent? Another thing I'd like you to check with them is what's their policy about deposits. Remember, any deposits taken, they need to be protected very quickly. Otherwise, you could have a potential fine and there's all sorts of ongoing issues as well. So make sure they've got a good tenant deposit scheme. Uh, I'd also ask them about inspections. How often do they go to the property and inspect the quality? Uh, as a minimum, they should be going every three months to make sure the property is okay. Now, obviously, the tenants have a right to quiet uh, enjoyment of their rental space. You need to give them notice when you go around. But I want to make sure good letting agents are keeping an eye on the property. If you have an HMO, well, you need someone to be going every single week because you need someone to be checking your fire alarm system and make it and recording that they've checked it and it's all okay. Um, I actually use my cleaners in my HMOs to go and keep an eye. They look out for any maintenance that needs doing. They keep a general eye on the condition of the property and then feed that back to my management agent who looks after those cleaners. And so there's lots of ways you can get other people helping you with the management of your property. Um, in serviced accommodation, uh, this is particularly important because you could make a lot of money from serviced accommodation, but I see people who are literally doing everything themselves. They're checking tenants in, they're doing the cleans, they're doing the laundries, and they're doing it because they're trying to save money and they're making good money from their serviced accommodation business. But the problem is they have no time available to enjoy that money and they certainly have no time to scale that business. So if you really want to scale your property business, 
create a significant passive income, why not try and make it as passive as possible and get letting agents to look after the properties for you? So my view is when you're starting off investing, you can absolutely manage one or two properties yourself, very much part-time, as long as you have some good systems in place. But ultimately, you want to make sure you're getting other people to do it for you. So I will factor in when I'm looking at my investments, the cost of someone else managing it. Um, if you're doing HMOs, you might say, well, the first two or three I'll, I'll do myself, then the fourth or fifth I'll get other people to manage for me. And the income from the fourth or fifth one could be used to pay someone else to do it. So for me, property investing is not only getting financial freedom, but it's also getting time freedom as well. Time to do what you really want to do with your life. I was at the Property Investor Show in London and someone asked me the question, Simon, you know, you're pretty successful. Uh, why do you bother teaching people how to invest in property? And I said to the gentleman, I said, well, let me ask you a question. Uh, I'm assuming you're still working for a living. He said, yes, that's right. I said, well, th okay, that, that makes sense why you asked that question. Uh, if you're still working for someone else and, and someone is paying you to work for them, the reality is you don't understand that when you're financially free, you can choose what you do with your time. And what I choose, what I've been doing for the last 20 years is teaching other people, people like you, how to become more successful investors. Uh, we just finished one of our Mastermind virtual programs at the weekend. And it was amazing to get feedback from the students. Uh, some who had, you know, some of them had managed to create a, a hundred thousand pound plus income within the first 12 months. Uh, some of them are getting that right now. Some of them don't have that. Now they've bought some projects which they're developing within six months they'll be on that kind of income we have some people who've only just got their first property but you know what it's 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 great to hear people say that their lives have been changed. By the way, they've done the hard work. I've not done it. I've been a, a little bit of an inspiration. I've been the catalyst, maybe, but they're the people who've done the hard work. And when you are passionate about what you do, when you do something and you get a real buzz from it, then you know you're doing the right thing. So my recommendation to you is work out what do you really want to. If you, if you no longer had to work, if you had £106 million in the bank because you just won the triple... European lottery rollover and 106 million pounds arrived in your bank, what would you do in the next few weeks? And you want to be doing things that are on that list, things you're passionate about, things you love to do. And I guess managing your properties would probably not be on that list of things you would do if you had 106 million in the bank. Now, okay, you might not get 106 million in the bank, but what if you had all the money you needed? If you'd replaced your income, have this income coming in, would you still be managing your properties? Now, some people might be, that's what they love to do, and that's fine, but that's not me, and I think that's probably not most people. I, I meet people all the time who say, um, you know, they, they want to make money to get into property, do property full-time. I don't want to do property full-time. I am a professional investor, not a full-time landlord. So be very careful what language you use when you talk about what you want to do. I doubt most people listening to this podcast want to be full-time landlords. They want to have the income coming from property to replace their income from whatever they're doing at the moment, but they probably don't want to be managing their properties full-time. My very first landlord, uh, Mr. Horwich Smith, who was my student landlord back in, I don't know, 1992, whatever. He had about 100 properties in Selly Oak in Birmingham, uh, probably worth about 40 or 50 million pounds now. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but he was a full-time landlord. He would sign the contracts with all the tenants. He would chase any late rent. He'd come around to inspections and he would basically make sure that the property was all as it should be. So I probably think you don't want to be a full-time landlord 
Instead, you want to start thinking as a successful professional property investor. So that's it from me this week. I hope that's been useful. Um, it's fine managing a few properties, but please, please plan to get someone else to do it for you. Best way is to get recommendations from other people, your local network meeting. If you've never been to a PIN meeting, you should definitely be coming along. Uh, we're going to put a discount code in the show notes. You can go to pinmeeting.co.uk, select your local PIN meeting, and then scroll down to the bottom and where you normally pay £20 to attend, which is nothing really. Uh, just use the voucher code, which is podcast and then you can bypass the payment page for your very first time and come along to a pen meeting see what you've been missing so until next time i encourage you as ever to invest with knowledge invest with skill thanks for listening to the property magic podcast to get this week's show notes please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast you can contact me via linkedin you can follow me on social media And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.